Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. As U.S. consumers continue to explore global flavors and become more familiar with international cuisine, a few regional favorites are rising to the top, including many from Africa. Over the past year at trade shows and in retail outlets, several players, both well-established and newcomers, have introduced products that play with the fiery heat of exotic African chilies, the sweet and sour tang of fruit grown on the continent, and the diverse texture of grains commonly used in the region, but that are not as common in the U.S. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Entrepreneurs and established brands offering African-inspired products talk about what's driving consumer interest in the region, how they're meeting this rising demand, and what challenges they are negotiating as they expand their reach into new territory. In many ways, America's budding love of African-inspired flavors and cuisine began as a flirtation in the safety of a restaurant, where the stakes for trying something new were lower, and the trust was higher that it would be prepared quote-unquote correctly. In particular, Nando's Peri Peri is credited for much of America's awareness and love of African-inspired foods, or at least those from the Southern African cuisine. The restaurant, which boasts more than 1,200 locations in five continents, is well known for its grilled chicken, which is marinated first for 24 hours in its namesake Peri Peri sauce. The popularity of the sauce quickly exceeded the reach of the restaurants and prompted the brand to expand into major U.S. retailers with five flavors. Paolo Oliveira, Nando's Senior Vice President of North American Grocery, explains the secret and the history behind these sauces. So Nando's, Nando's Peri-Peri started about 30 years ago in, in South Africa where these two gentlemen, two friends, uh, found this amazing place to get some um, uh, peri-peri grilled chicken. Uh, so they fell in love for the chicken and the peri-peri sauce. So they bought this place. Um, they renamed it. Uh, it was called Chicken Land at the time. They renamed it Nando's. Um, and, you know, from the last 30 years, from one restaurant to 5 to 50 to 500 to more than uh, 1,300 around the world these days. Um, it's, it's a South African brand, very proud of the Afro-Portuguese uh, heritage. Uh, so the story goes that the Peri-Peri uh, was kind of discovered by, by Portuguese navigators in, in the coast of Mozambique. Um, it's, a, it's a chili, it's called African bird's eye chili. Um, the Portuguese kind of added it, uh, some staples you'd find in any kitchen around the world, uh, garlic, uh, oil, onion, Spices and they come up with this unique, uh, unique recipe. And the peri peri. Some people call it peri peri. In the kind of the Anglophone world, it became peri peri. Um, from Mozambique to uh, South Africa, so uh, Johannesburg, this restaurant, and then um, kind of uh, spread out to the entire world. But it's all due to this incredible chili, only grown in parts of Southern Africa. And the uh, story goes that it's completely, obviously, uh, African soil, African sun, and African people. It's like replicated in other parts of, of the world, but you don't actually get that same 
that same flavor. So that's the uniqueness of of the peri-peri. Starts with we say, I mean, it's we say put it on, you know, take the peri-peri sauce and put it on chicken. This is, this is the start um, because we have to say kind of we have you know we own this amazing uh, chicken restaurant. Um, but you really want what you want to do is for people that cannot come to one of our places, uh, I mean, especially the OS where we're still in the people cannot come to one of our places to uh, win the business of bringing Perepe to them through the uh, grocery stores. So really what we're trying to do is to introduce people to Perepe, uh, recruit uh, for, uh, for this flavor and for our business, and obviously educate on how to use it at home or how to use it in your, you know, in your, if you want, in your daily recipes with your favorite dishes. Um, and then what we try to do is really a very basic, uh, very basic approach. If you want to for one is, you know, one, pick your favorite uh, each flavor. Two, um, open the, open the bottle, three, pour on your favorite dish and four, enjoy. It's a very convenient way. Uh, we're not in the business of complicating people's lives, the contrary. We're trying to save people's dinners um, in a very, in a very uh, convenient and easy way. With the sauce already in more than 10,000 of the biggest retailers in the U.S., including Whole Foods, Safeway, Kroger, Walmart, and more, the company is now looking at how else it can deliver the flavor beyond sauces. Look at the U.K., which is our number one market. And by the way, Nando's Peri-Peri is the number one hot sauce in, in the U.K. The Peri-Peri has become... It's kind of graduated from you know being one of the continents there to um, on the sauce category to become a category in itself. It's a destination category already. If you look at some of the retailers over there, we have uh, a, a big range of um, solutions to snacks, uh, to peri uh, salts, to peri nays. So there's numerous opportunities for people to to, to try the peri peri. And really, the big challenge for us is. You know, looking at the U.S. consumer, this what's the best carrier to kind of propagate the flavor? So condiments, is, as we all know, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a limited shelf. Uh, in the middle of the store, we're looking at how can we bring the flavor to the perimeter of the store? How fast can we introduce peri to the to the U.S. consumer by looking at you know, potentially uh, <clears throat> moving to the fresh uh, section or moving to the uh, to the snacking uh, snack part of the of the store. Um, once we get there with the right uh, with the right consumer um, proposition, uh, we will see uh, a much faster growth. And this is what we're experiencing in any other market. Any of our mature markets, like uh, UK is one of them, but also of course uh, South Africa being the homeland, and and Australia was one of our uh, other big markets. Nando's international success has inspired others from Africa to enter the U.S. market, including Great Hearts of Africa, which this summer entered negotiations with an importer to bring its sauces to America. As the company founder, Doris McRae, explained to Food Navigator USA, Great Hearts of Africa is not just about the heat from chilies, but also about showcasing the diversity and versatility of African flavors. I think... I think Americans really appreciate African cuisine. I think they, they love the, the, the whole idea and the culture. I've tasted the American sauces. They, they taste very different to ours. And I think Nando's has made a big, a big uh, impression on the world with their peri-peri. And they made the, the African birds actually famous 
So I do have a range of peri-peri sauces as well. They are made with a small African bird's eye chili, which has a very distinctive flavor. It's very delicious, very lovely, hot flavor. And um, yeah, so I think chili lovers, they like to experiment and they like different flavors. And, and, and I think our sauces just give a different angle to the theme. We love, we love hot sauces, we love chili and you know in, this, in our country everything grows, all the chili varieties grow really well. But I've combined um, the chili with, with fruit for example, so this is a passion fruit peri-peri and, um, and I've combined different flavors, for example this one is a, um, a chili sauce with mint so it's very good with roast lamb or if you're having a, a barbecue very good with that and all the sauces are very uh, versatile you can use them as marinades you can use them as um, just to eat with your food as a condiment or you can also use them in your um, in your cooking like for stir fries and pasta sauces and put it on a pizza just anything that needs to liven up and you need to create a little bit of a interesting flavor. Hot sauces and condiments are not the only way that entrepreneurs are showcasing the flavors of Africa. Magbe Savane, the president of Makomos, is using ready-to-drink teas and juices to share the flavors of our homeland in West Africa with the U.S. We have a line of teas and a line of juices. For, so the teas, they have no caffeine. They're caffeine-free. Um, they're very um, nutritious. All of the ingredients we use are very nutritious. The hibiscus have good um, antioxidant vitamin C. Moringa, you know, has antioxidant vitamin C, uh, mineral amino acids. So they're very nutritious. And um, the bell bubble also is also very good. It's a super fruit. It has like six times more vitamin C than oranges, so as much calcium in a glass of milk, a lot of fiber, potassium. So it's a very healthy fruit. And ginger, we know, is good for everything. Ginger is good for the stomach. And uh, we use ingredients like beets. You know, beets is so healthy for you. Turmeric is really good, you know. So that's a bit of what we're doing. So for us, it's not just making the product. So it's like, how can we give back to community? How can we make sure that the ingredients we're using are good for our customers? You know, how can we make sure that we're part of the health, you know, um, plan, you know, no added sugar is something that is very key for us. Our beverages taste really good, but our people are amazed when we tell them that they have no added sugar. So we're basically using the ingredient themselves to sweeten the product. Um, you know, this is something that was dear to me back home, which I didn't mention at first. My mom used to have a beverage business. And as a little girl, I used to help her making the product. And these are products, you know, these are flavors we need, I mean, product we need to drink. You know, we make them, we sell them, we drink them. So I grew up drinking those those products. And uh, after I graduated from college, I figured, you know, why not follow my mom's test? While I was home, you know, I got married after college and I, you know, family was really important for me. So I took a year off to stay with my family. And uh, in the midst of all that, I decided to follow my mom's test because every time I was going to the store, you pick up a bottle from the shelf and you end up spending, you know, so much time trying to figure out what you're getting. And I was really frustrated and there was nothing unique on the market. And I figured, you know, let's bring something to my American family. I want to share something from my home country. She explained she also wanted her business to help those who remained and live in Africa. Originally from Africa, in West Africa, which is not too far from Bikuna Faso. And um, growing up, you know, from, from Africa, I know the challenges. I know what the women are going through, you know, there. And, um, you know, when I first started the company, um, you know, there's other places where you can source the, some of the ingredients from. And to me, it's like, okay, 
Baobab, for instance, you know, grows in Africa. Why not, you know, source my ingredient directly from the woman and be able to give back? So that's how I started the foundation. And I took some time off, went to Burkina Faso, you know, learn about what's going on there, how best I can help them and, you know, try to understand the challenges they're facing and then come up with a very good uh, plan for the foundation in order to give back. Because my app strategy is that, you know, not only do we want to give back, we also want to support them. Okay, they now have jobs, they now have opportunities, you know, how can we support them in, in a way that they can take advantage of those um, opportunities? It's either through financial, you know, um, services. Maybe we teach them how to open a bank account. Maybe we teach them how to, you know, um, understand better, you know, some basic things, you know. So it's not just giving back because sometimes what people don't understand is that, okay, as long as I give back is the most important, but I know it doesn't, you know, you don't stop there. You know, this woman, maybe it's the first time they're getting, you know, that are money for I mean for them it's money so how do you help them to really take advantage of that so that the family can really benefit to that income that new source of income that they're getting so it's basically the you know the, the idea behind the foundation while the potential for African products and flavors in the U.S. is immense there are some notable challenges first is balancing authenticity with what western palates expect and the second is building reliable supply chains Both of these problems are ones that specialty ingredient supplier and product manufacturer Woodland Foods is negotiating, according to the company's director of sales and marketing, Robert Linder. Um, Woodland Foods doing some real exciting work. We actually have two of our team members that are over there now helping establish the supply chain. Um, We uh, have done presentations and work with uh, the UN and other NGOs over there to help develop a supply chain that can be brought to, um, you know, Europe and um, North America uh, in line with our food safety regulations as well as uh, commercial scalability. Um, infrastructure is certainly a challenge as it relates to everything from the roads um, to um, good labor practices. So uh, it's very exciting to be involved with, uh, with those groups and, and creating the supply chain. Once the ingredients get here, they must be carefully blended and formulated into products that Americans understand and want. Well, I think like anything, um, you have to, the, the challenge is um, connecting like that authenticity of it because everybody wants to relate to, um, you know, the story, right, with, with as connected as we are. Uh, with other cultures around the world, we want to feel like we can directly relate to that. At the same time, um, you know, especially Westerners have a you know developed and familiar palate. So, how do you connect? You know, baobab is, as you mentioned, which is this real tart, um, tangy flavor profile, which can be off-putting if not used properly um, into uh, items that are approachable for. For Western palates, I think you're going to see uh, some some beverages. Um, that's an easy starting point, and then from there, uh, I'd be interested to see if it takes on um, any place in the nutraceutical side because you can really add it to um, you know traditional, very bland or or you know off-putting um, you know nutritional mixes and really kick up the flavor there. As Linder explained, Woodland Foods is well positioned to navigate this balancing act because not only does it import the raw ingredients, but its culinary team creates easy-to-use products 
that help Americans become familiar with the flavors and textures of the ingredients. For example, the company offers the West African grain fonio in a format that at once is adventurous and also familiar. Fonio is uh, an ancient uh, grain from West Africa, predominantly Mali, Senegal, the Guinea-Bissau region. Um, very exciting, nutrient-dense product, um, similar to teff, very small, almost sand-like grain, a neutral flavor profile, uh, which really allows it to um, uh, be incorporated in a lot of uh, dishes. Um, Yasa is a Senegalese, uh, traditional Senegalese preparation, um, typically served with uh, jofa, which is a, a fish dish, so uh, they use it as a rice substitute, um, really as a base. Uh, our culinary team has developed a breakfast-style porridge as well, um, in addition to the couscous or rice um, uh, applications, it can be used as a, as a hot cereal. Um, so we have a chai-inspired um, spiced breakfast porridge. The company also offers two types of duca spice blends, one that's more traditional and one that is allergy-friendly. Traditional duca has actually a tree nut base to it. Um, so we've developed both a traditional and a nut-free product, um, you know, for the uh, address the allergy concerns, um, because it has a fantastic flavor profile when you when you add that that nuttiness along with uh, um, you know that slight umami from like the sesame um, and the volatile oil content there. So it's used as a traditional um, like bread dippings, mixed in oil, or as, as kind of a topping there. But it does have a body to it. Um, so there's uh, definitely some particulates, um, you know, it, it shows up, you know, on the food. You can see it, um, you know, nice visual, as long as that mouthfeel as well. Other flavors and foods from Africa that the company is watching emerge in the U.S. include the Ethiopian spice blend Burberry, Harissa, and as already mentioned, peri-peri sauces, like the ones popularized by Nando's. Obviously, Africa is a continent with rich diversity of cultures and diets. And as such, these flavors and formats are only scratching the surface of what the countries there can offer, making it a trend to continue to watch in the future. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week. And to ensure you do, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.